Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our risen Lord, our good shepherd, Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Today is, as we've been talking about, the fourth Sunday of Easter, also known as Good Shepherd Sunday, and today is also Mother's Day. And as Pastor Don alluded to before, there are a lot of similarities between those faithful shepherds that God gives us in our lives, including faithful mothers. Mothers both care for their flock. They will nurture and protect. They will sometimes be called upon to go after or retrieve that wandering or lost sheep time to time. Depending on the day, depending on the age of the children, I know, a mother perhaps may feel more like a herder of cats at times, but also a good shepherd in their own families. And so we're very thankful to them. And today, as we are reminded of this, we give thanks for the fact that God has given us mothers and other important and influential women in our lives. Pastor Don mentioned, think of all those Sunday school teachers or, or family members who uh, made a difference in our lives. And they are all gifts and reflections of that perfect care and protection that we do indeed receive from our good shepherd, Jesus Christ. Well, in our first reading this morning, we have the Apostle Paul, who himself was an under-shepherd of the Good Shepherd. He was an under-shepherd, a pastor in the Lord's Church. And Paul was addressing the elders of the church. Now, elder is not the same type of role that we think of today, perhaps, when we hear that term. An elder is what they called their pastors back then. And so they would call them either elders or sometimes overseers. That's what Paul says in verse 28 today. And so these were the shepherds of God's flock. Now, Paul had called this specific group together because this was his third and final missionary journey recorded in the book of Acts, and it was winding down. Paul was on his way back to Jerusalem, where the Holy Spirit was guiding him, and the Holy Spirit was also informing him that imprisonment and afflictions waited for him there. But it was the Lord's will that he go, because the Lord was going to show him how he can even use things like imprisonment and suffering all for the sake of the gospel. So it's an interesting contrast, isn't it, from what we heard last week, which was the very beginning of Paul's ministry, when he was converted on the road. He was the one under the name of Saul who was imprisoning and persecuting Christians. And now here is Paul at the end of his ministry, knowing that the same was waiting for him there. But first, Paul calls together these elders, these pastors, these under shepherds to say with them, to share with them the very last words that he'll ever speak with them face to face. The same words, he says, that he has shared with them through tears, through night and day, over the three years prior that he had spent with them. And so this is what he says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care, the word there is shepherd, for the, the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. 
And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. Paul was warning these various shepherds about the various dangers that there are to the flock, these fierce wolves. And as he said, this wasn't the first time that he's warned them about them. And and strikingly, this is still an important warning for us today because being a Christian, being a child of God, means that we do have some very dangerous enemies in this world, some fierce wolves among the flock. And for most of us, just like with the Ephesian leaders, this warning are not new warnings that we haven't heard before. We've certainly heard them in Scripture. We've heard warnings in Scripture about the devil, for instance. We hear this in 1 Peter chapter 5, where he says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Or we've heard in Ephesians 6, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Of course, Scripture also talks about another enemy. We've heard the warnings in Scripture about this sinful world. And those who oppose Christianity, which only seems at times to be getting worse in our society today. But we remember, for instance, when Jesus said to his own disciples in the Gospel of John, If the world hates you, remember that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, then they will also persecute you. So we've heard these warnings about the enemies that we face. But what's particularly noteworthy And very much sobering about Paul's warning in Acts chapter 20 is that Paul's warning about fierce wolves isn't about these enemies. In this last gathering with the elders, Paul wasn't warning them about an enemy from without. He was warning them about an enemy from within. He was warning them about themselves. Paul says, pay careful attention to yourselves. From among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. Now, that's a serious warning. It's a serious warning for pastors and for teachers and leaders in the church. The temptation will always be to preach or teach our own thoughts, what we want to hear or what we think other people want to hear. But this is also a serious warning, not only for pastors and teachers, but for all Christians. When we think about the problems and the dangers that we face in this world, in this life, whether we think of the disbelieving world out there or the devil himself, usually the first thought to cross our mind isn't that we pose a risk to ourselves. In fact, that might not cross our minds at all. But there is 
a great danger if any one of us were to slip into the mentality that we aren't the problem, that we couldn't be the problem, because we're quote-unquote strong Christians, or whatever the case may be. Have you ever heard or had that notion before? That you have nothing to worry about, that the problem is, is everything and everyone out there, but nothing's wrong in here? I know I've certainly slipped into that kind of thinking before. It's the assumption that nothing bad could happen to me, or worse yet, nothing bad could happen because of me. But Scripture teaches that what's truly wrong in this world, what makes this world fallen and sinful, is us. Paul writes in the book of Romans, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And he says, just as sin came into the world through one man and, through, and death through sin, so death spread to all because all sinned. I've heard so many people these days, and I being one of them, lamenting and complaining and worried about all that they see out there in the world, all the evil that they see out there, the things that show on our screens and on our computers and on our phones. And so, I, like I said, I've fallen into this mindset before as well. It's easy to do. But before we start to place ourselves above an unbelieving world, assuming that all of them are the issue and we're better than that, before we slip into that kind of thinking, we must always remember that if we're looking to point fingers as to where evil and turmoil starts in this world, we must always be willing to also point the finger back at us. The assumption that we're a good person or a strong Christian, the assumption that we couldn't be part of the problem, well, that's not only wrong, as Scripture teaches us, but it's also dangerous. That's why Paul is insisting, pay careful attention to yourselves. Pay careful attention, you pastors. Pay careful attention, all Christians. Be alert to your own sinful selves and what your sin entices you to do. Do not think that you're not part of the problem. Do not think that your own worst enemies couldn't rise up from among you. Do not think that you are strong enough to handle your sinful nature all on your own. In fact, the moment that you think that you're strong enough is the exact moment when you will find yourself at the weakest. The moment when you think you've learned all there is to know is the exact moment when you find out how little it is you actually know. The moment that you think you're impenetrable to the attacks of the devil and of this world and of our own sinful nature is the exact moment we find ourselves most vulnerable. But then where does that leave us? What should we do? What can we do? The Apostle Paul tells us to pay careful attention to ourselves, but that seems like an impossible task. How do you defend yourself against yourself? If I'm the problem, if I'm what's wrong with me, then how can I be part of the solution? Well, that's why the Apostle Paul doesn't leave the Ephesian pastors with only that. That's why he's not pointing them back to themselves. And he's not pointing us back to ourselves either. Paul goes on to say, And now I commend you to God and to the word of grace, 
which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I'd like you to read those words with me again. Let's read that together. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. You see, brothers and sisters in Christ on our own, we are not strong enough. We cannot withstand every temptation. We cannot protect ourselves from all the danger out there, physical or spiritual or otherwise. We are not able to do anything that would save ourselves from our own destruction. And our sinful selves are our worst enemy, not to mention the enemies of this world and of the devil who is prowling around us like a lion. But you see, there is one who is strong enough. One who did withstand all temptation. One who is like us in every way and yet without sin. One who defeated that prowling lion in the wilderness. One who died on the cross for our sins. One who conquered sin and death and the devil on Easter morning when he was raised from the dead. This one, Jesus Christ, took on the strong man, the devil, and he bound him. He took on our sinful nature and he drowned it in the waters of baptism and in exchange gives us his righteousness to wear. He took on our final enemy, which is death, and he smashed it to pieces when he walked out of that tomb on Easter morning. Jesus is stronger than all of our enemies, including the enemy of our own sinful self. And we are commended to his care. Jesus, who is the word of God's grace made flesh, is also your good shepherd. He is the one who is faithfully paying attention to you every moment of every day. He remains alert for you. And as your shepherd, he does for you what you could never do for yourself. He says in our gospel reading, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. And they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. As Paul explains, this is the one to whose care you are commended, so that he may build you up. You see, sin has torn us down. The devil loves to tear us down. We tear ourselves down, and death will one day tear us all down. But Jesus is the one who builds us back up again. And as your good shepherd, he will lead you out of death into life, especially the day when he returns, the day of our own resurrection. Jesus will show us the inheritance that he has won for us with his very own blood, the blood of God that was shed for us, for all who are sanctified, for all who are made holy through him. Because of Jesus, we will all be shouting with that multitude that we heard about today, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Until that day, until that day we join Jesus in eternity, pay careful attention. We have some dangerous enemies out there in this life. The devil, the world, death. And our own sinful selves. So be alert. And when you find yourselves in those times of 
sin and danger. Do not turn to yourself. Do not turn to something else in this world, someone else in this world. Turn back again to your good shepherd, Jesus Christ. Always listen to his voice found in the word. It is the voice of the shepherd who forgives you. It is the voice of the shepherd who protects you. It is the voice of the shepherd who builds you up and leads you into everlasting life. In Jesus' name, amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ our good shepherd and our risen Savior. Amen. Amen.